the Bills are being called the hottest team in the NFL uh, by some in, in these power rankings and whatnot. I think I saw today they were as high as number three and could still miss the playoffs, which is crazy. But um, yeah, it's you know as you alluded to that this passing attack is isn't. I don't know. I'm not confident in it going into the playoffs. I don't know who they're going to play, but hopefully it's not a good passing defense <laughs> in the wild card round. Welcome to the show. Ryan O'Leary here. Pleased to be joined as always by Nick Woten, the managing editor of USA Today's Bills Wire. Quick little note that this pod should be available on whatever platform you like the best. Please, if you could spare a couple minutes, rate, review, and subscribe to the show if you haven't already. We really appreciate your support. We hope you stick around with us as we get into the playoffs, hopefully the playoffs. We'll talk about that here coming up. But hey, Nick, happy new year to you, man. How you doing? Pretty well. Happy new year to you uh, as well, Ryan, and uh, all our listeners too. Happy new year. We are here to talk about the Bills heading into week 18, riding a four-game win streak. Nick, and my opening question for you is, do they really have any momentum? (laughs) I know they've won four straight, but do they have any momentum, right? I mean, they... They got the big win in Kansas City, but we all know what happened at the end of that game with Kadarius Toney stepping on the line. They blew out the Cowboys, who were like, all right, here we go. We got something going here. But these last two games have really been uh, struggles, right? They had all sorts of problems putting away a bad Chargers team a couple weeks ago this past weekend. Josh Allen said it himself. They were lucky to survive the Patriots. Those are two teams in the bottom six of the league record-wise right now. So is there any momentum behind this four-game win streak right now for the Bills? How are you feeling about them? going into uh, this huge game week 18 against Miami? I would say I'd give you like a 50-50 answer there, right? Um, offensively, no. On defense, probably. I mean, Rasul Douglas, uh, AFC Defensive Player of the Week. That's good. He had a pick six. Defense played pretty well against a team that they, you know, should have played well against. The Patriots put up, you know, their first points uh, from special teams, so... Defense held a team that they probably should have held pretty well, but uh, the offense is leaving a lot to be desired for the Bills, aren't they? Uh, not really the, not really the Buffalo Bills that we're used to seeing. It's really been a four-game winning streak of being concerned about the offense, as you kind of, uh, kind of alluded to there, Ryan. I mean this this might have been the worst I've seen Josh Allen play in a game, Nick. It was it was disappointing, right? Uh, I'm sure Bills fans were disappointed by this one. Uh, QB rating fifty three. Bills only average 5.6 yards per completion. Another bad interception in the first half. Really, there was a game-swinging fumble, too, in the second half that could have changed the game, but the Bills were lucky to pounce on that thing. So, I mean, big-time throws to Kincaid there, some good third-down conversions. The Bills have seen to figure out the tush-push, so that's good. Maybe they're the second-best team at that now. I thought they actually seem to be working on that, like they move Allen to a weaker spot of the line and then push him in. I think it's pretty cool what they're doing there at the goal line. So that's working, but I don't know. It just felt like as Josh Allen told us, Nick afterwards, he was off his game. I don't know what Joe Brady really did to help him though. In this one, like the bills know how to beat new England, right? This is a, a take what the defense gives you kind of game. It's, it's a check down kind of game. That's where the bills have found success. They've just sliced and diced the Patriots with short passes and just take what the Patriots give them. That's how you beat Belichick. They know that, they got away from that though a little bit, right? In this game, and that was concerning. Like I, it's it, it's hard to give Belichick too much credit. I don't think the Patriots reinvented the wheel defensively in this one. I just think the Bills, for whatever reason, got stubborn, re- reverted a little bit. Like I don't know. Like w- what's your take on that? Like I just think the Bills got away from what's been successful in the past against the Patriots, and it almost bit them. Yeah, I mean, uh, for all the you know um, 
for all the tooting of the horn of Joe Brady uh, since his uh, promotion, uh, the passing game really has kind of faltered a bit under him. And uh, I think maybe part of that too, uh, I think, I think, you know, Stefan Diggs has to be held to a high standard because, you know, uh, I think he holds himself to a high standard and a lot goes on on the field, off the field regarding him. So 10 games in a row without over 100 yards, you know, he's not going to go to the Pro Bowl this year. I think it's safe to say uh, he's not going to be an all pro this year. I think it's safe to say. But um, I think, too, because the Bills aren't going to be a team that's, you know, going even farther back, if you will, to this two tight end thing. I don't think that's worked out at all for them. Uh, I think the only time we saw production out of any tight end position this year has been Kincaid when Knox wasn't playing. And I think the Bills are just, you know, not built for that personnel. And um, I think that that's kind of hampered their passing attack. And I think next year they're definitely going to address getting in a more dynamic guy, either across from Diggs or with Diggs and Gabe Davis as well. Because, I mean, it just, I don't know, how, how much can you say that an opponent is taking away uh, Stefan Diggs? Uh, I guess it's a little bit of a, you know, I'm not going to just, pin it on one guy like Gabe Davis. Again, the tight ends go into it. I also don't think Khalil Shakur is, is Cole Beasley's threat level. And I think teams are, you know, able to maybe key in on digs a little bit easier, a little bit more confidently, but you know, it is a concerning, very concerning trend going into the postseason Cause you know, the bills are getting a lot of these, which is just ironic because the bills could still miss the, uh, could still miss the playoffs here. Nothing set in stone. They are playing for the AFC East, but they're also playing for their playoff lives, which is kind of ironic. You don't always see those two highs and lows and going into one game. But, uh, you know, the Bills are being called the hottest team in the NFL uh, by some in, in these power rankings and whatnot. I think I saw today they were as high as number three and could still miss the playoffs, which is crazy. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, as you alluded to, that this passing attack just isn't. I don't know. I'm not confident in it going into the playoffs. I don't know who they're going to play, but hopefully it's not a good passing defense <laughs> in the wild card round. Yeah, maybe it's just the passing game as a whole, right? More emphasis on the running backs, less on the passing game. But now in these games where you need to get the passing game going a little bit, like that's one thing. Like I look at the digs line and I, I don't want to give Belichick too much credit here because I mean, the Patriots started Sean Wade and Miles Bryant at corner in this game. Uh, the kid who picked off Josh Allen is Alex Austin, an undrafted rookie. Like this, the Patriots are banged up in their secondary. The the Bills should have had their way with these corners, and they should have been able to scheme their best player open. And the the most telling thing to me when it comes to Diggs in this game is not necessarily just his stat line, because how is Diggs going to have a big game when Josh Allen completes fifteen passes and one hundred and sixty yards? Like it's just not going to happen, right? It's just a bad game. But for Allen to come out after the game, Nick, and say. I just I just couldn't find a rhythm in that first quarter. It was a terrible quarter. I was off. I couldn't find the rhythm. And it's just like, how does that happen, right? Was that the defense? Was that something on the Bills side, you know, leading to you being out of rhythm or or what? Because I look at Stefan Diggs. I'm out of rhythm as a quarterback. I would think that I would want to go to my best guy, the guy I have the best rapport with, and get that rhythm back. But it didn't yeah. happen. You know what I mean? So I think Diggs' stat line being the same as what we've seen over the last month, okay, fine. Like, that's what it's been. But... In a game like this, when Allen was admittedly out of rhythm and he still didn't go to his guy, Nick, and still couldn't get that thing going, that yeah. to me was kind of surprising. Yeah, it seemed like Allen was trying to go, but it just wasn't happening. And that's the bigger, you know, that's the actual issue here is not even whether he's trying or not. It's just not happening. Like the, the Bills aren't, it's not, it's not going well right now. They're two best playmakers. And, uh, 
Yeah, there are things, again, there are things going the Bills' way as we head towards the postseason. They are winning games. They are firmly in playoff contention and more than likely going to make it. But, you know, let's not get it twisted here. Again, it's it's what is the issue? What's going on? Why are the why are these two supposedly, you know, supreme playmakers just not, you know, it's just not happening for the Bills right now. And it's it it is confusing. It is certainly confusing. Um, you know, good luck to those who can figure it out because <laughs> I don't get paid millions to to put in that type of effort to figure it out. So I'm not going to. But uh, you know, I'll be here to criticize it. So tune yeah, in the Bills wire. We you are good at that, Nick. But no, it's just like <laughs> I mean, to your point earlier. To call the Bills one of the hottest teams in the league, I mean, I know they've won four straight, and it's easy to look at the schedule and see all the W's and say, oh, yeah, they're on fire. I don't think they're playing that way, though, so I'm hoping that it looks better against Miami. Yeah. Uh, Stefan Diggs, I mean, not only does Josh Allen roast Miami throughout his career, and we can, we'll can we get into this matchup here coming up, Stefan Diggs roasts them as well. He already did 123 touchdowns in the first meeting in terms of his receiving yards, so if you can't get digs going in this matchup with some of the injuries the Dolphins have, then it's panic time. But let's go back to uh, Razul Douglas. You mentioned him earlier. Uh, the good news for the Bills coming out of this one was the offense was horrible, uh, and but, the defense was not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. The defense. Uh, you know, Josh Allen may have had a, a horrible first quarter and one of the worst quarters of his career, but Bailey Zappi's was somehow worse. <laughs> you got to give the Bills credit for that. And kind of the leader of this was Razul Douglas, right? His his playmaking ability, his ball skills, Nick, hard to hard to miss out there. Um, he's clearly getting comfortable in the defense. He's now starting to make huge plays for you. We applauded this one when Brandon Bean and the Bills made this trade at the deadline. It just felt like a a no risk, high reward type of deal. It just one that you it just you felt really good about. And as you said, AFC Defensive Player of the Week. He's he's balling out, but the defensive side has been. I think the constant, right? So if you do want to feel good about the Bills through this four-game win streak, I guess you could look at it and say the defense has pretty much been there all the way through. Russell Douglas is getting a lot of the credit, of course, but the pass rush has just continually been well, and it's a full unit effort. I think it was just kind of a case of Russell Douglas just taking some perfectly timed, calculated risks um, against yeah. Bailey Zappi because it just, especially that first interception. Um, it looked like it was going to be there. It looked like it was going to be open, but he just, you know, undercut the route. And if he doesn't get there, then it's probably six points the other way, but he got there. And uh, yeah, he, he was, he was a heck of a standout player. And of course um, I think even the more impressive play was probably the diving interception by Ed Oliver. Didn't see that one coming. That was Did not sweet. have that one on my bingo card, one handed diving interception from Ed Oliver, <laughs> but his pass rushing another sack for him. Uh, and of course now, this, you know, is is you know probably a great getting to the fact that Von Miller didn't play. He was a healthy scratch. Didn't see that one coming either. A lot in the bingo card for this week for Bills Patriots this past week uh, that I did not see coming, and that was that was one of them. Did not see Von Miller uh, being scratched in this one. <laughs> yeah, and let uh, you like you said, no injury designation. Designation. Nope. So none. healthy scratch. Um, obviously a must win game, Nick. So just. Can, can somebody explain to me again why Miller wasn't released outright after that domestic violence charge, right? He's still facing this third degree felony assault of a pregnant woman uh, yeah. charge, which he's come out and said he, he finally met with the media, right? And kind of said, look, it's being blown just out of proportion week, just yeah. prior to being a healthy scratch. <laughs> yeah. So maybe the bills didn't like what he said. I don't know. Didn't come across very know. apologetic, but uh, why is he still on the team, Nick? Now that he's being a healthy scratch and must win games. I don't know. Someone's got to explain that one to me. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh, yeah. What what a story it is for him, and he's going to be a name to watch in the offseason. Uh, I'm not a capologist ever at any point in the 365 days of the upcoming year. Do not come to me on Twitter for that. <laughs> I will warn you right now. That's great content for you. Um, but I will figure it out on um, what are those websites called? Spot Track or Over the Cap or whatever. Uh, it takes me a little bit with all these numbers and stuff. As I've said before on here, Ryan, I can do the words, I can do the writing, but numbers are just beyond me. Same. Um, so there is got to be some kind of out in his contract coming up. I'd assume um, typically the way the bills set things up on like every deal now, it seems that they're going to be some, some kind of restructuring, some kind of moves or something coming. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Von Miller now going forward. I mean, you're uh, 34-year-old guy that with some all-field issues who's played about 20 to 30 snaps. And the week prior, too, he played in his most snaps um, since his you know, first four games of the year. He he was on the PUP list, returned, still no sacks. Um, no One more game this season to try to get a sack. Um, I'm sure if the Bills do release him, he could go somewhere else and he could be pretty motivated to, to you know, figure something out. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's – currently not looking good for for von miller and his future um i'm not here to speculate there's a lot of you know more pressing issues for the buffalo bills right now but you got to believe uh at whatever point whether it's in mid-february or it's this time next week when we're writing our content about the bills season being over um von miller's future is going to be at the top of that list because uh yeah he just hasn't gotten it done and the team was you know there for him and whatnot and he's uh you know come out and spoke so i don't know I don't know what that means in terms of, you know, the legality of things and the accusations and stuff like that. And we're not here to play lawyer because I can't even handle numbers, as I said, <laughs> let alone the law. Not smart enough. Um, nope. Nope. So uh, not going to do that. But uh, yeah, just interesting sequence of events. Guy spoke and then guy didn't play. <laughs> so there okay. might be something to read into there. You know, I, yeah, I don't know. I, don't I, don't know. know. I would I would okay. just I would just say, you know, Bob Miller didn't play, but. Did you notice he wasn't out there because you held the opposing quarterback who is not good, but he'd been playing okay football to a quarterback rating of 47. You turned the Patriots over four times in the first half, including three interceptions, sacked Bailey Zappi three times. I know they got a little bit more going there later in the first half, second half, but did you really notice Von Miller wasn't in the game? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. You probably have to be told to really notice unless you're really paying attention on your TV, you know, watching it. Uh, so yeah. that that might be uh, kind of an indictment on the player. Um, I think we all know what's coming there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know the Bills remain confident in him, though, similar to the way they remain confident in LeSean McCoy and then cut him. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I always like to remind everyone of that. They were very <laughs> confident in him. There's the tongue in cheek that we uh, we uh, expect from Nick <laughs> Moten right there. I'm just saying. He, they were, Brandon Bean was co- very confident at the and in LaShawn McCoy, only for Devin Singletary to then be the starting running back. It's a great point. No one could argue with that. Uh, Nick mentioned earlier that the Bills can get as high as the number two seed, but they could also miss the playoffs. And if, if folks you know just want to get a, a refresher on this, the scenario for the Bills to be playing a must-win game on Sunday night against Miami are not that far-fetched. Actually, they're probably more likely to happen than not. We'll tell you why here coming up next. First, here's some Week 18 fantasy advice, our last of the season. Where we thank Corey Bonini and TheHuddle.com for joining us once again this year on the pod. Here's some advice for Week 18 if you're still playing in your fantasy playoffs. My question to you would be, why? <laughs> you know why? Like, if you have Lamar Jackson, is he even going to play this week? I, I don't know. But if you're still doing that thing... Here's some advice, and then Nick and I will be right back. 
While most championships were won and lost last Sunday evening, plenty of formats live on. I'm Corey Bonini of TheHuddle.com, here to bring you fantasy football strong plays for Week 18. Quarterback Gardner Minshew, Indianapolis Colts versus Houston Texans. These two teams will be fighting for their playoff lives come Saturday night. Minshew has multiple passing touchdowns in only two of his last six games, but the matchup against Houston should allow him to throw the ball, and Indy has the weapons to get him into low-end quarterback number one territory. The Texans have allowed the third most fantasy points per game above expectation to quarterbacks this season, so Minshew is a fine streaming option if you're still going in Week 18 action. Running back Tony Pollard, Dallas Cowboys at Washington Commanders. Pollard hasn't scored in four straight contests and has posted more than 7.7 fantasy points in only one of those games. He had a fine outing in Week 12 versus the Commanders, generating 22.3 fantasy points, which was his best day of the year. In the last five weeks, Washington has yielded the most fantasy points, rushing yards, and overall yards to the position per game, and no defense has given up rushing touchdowns at a higher rate in that time. This looks like a quality get-right game for Pollard. Wide receiver George Pickens, Pittsburgh Steelers at Baltimore Ravens. While the running game stole the headlines in week 17. Pickens delivered a second straight big performance, turning in a season-high seven receptions into 131 yards. He had a nearly identical effort in Pittsburgh's week five win over Baltimore, catching six passes for 130 and a score. With the Ravens likely to prioritize health this Saturday, Pickens has ample upside with the big arm Mason Rudolph starting at quarterback. Tight end Cole Komet, Chicago Bears at Green Bay Packers. Komet wasn't even targeted last week, so it's understandable if recency bias has you feeling a certain way about his week 18 stock. Green Bay has given up the 10th fewest catches per game since week 12, but tight ends have scored at the third highest frequency versus this defense in that time frame. And that's the main reason to take a gamble here. In PPR scoring, Komet went for 9.4 points in the week one meeting, and that should be roughly his floor if he sees at least five targets. Thanks for sticking with us through another action-packed fantasy season. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, we're back. Uh, before the break there, Nick, when I was... Uh bitching about Lamar Jackson possibly being out of the game resting because Baltimore has already locked up the number one seed. So if you're still playing in your fantasy football playoffs at week 18, well, that's not good. Somebody who had Lamar Jackson carrying him to the championship would not uh, be available. So I would say, you know, make sure your, your fantasy playoffs are in week 17 if, if that's yeah. the case. But I bring that up because there are scenarios here earlier in the early games on Sunday that could make this game even more interesting for the Bills, right? So here's a scenario where the Bills would be facing elimination with a loss to Miami. Number one being the Ravens would would have to lose to Pittsburgh. Now, Baltimore has already locked up the number one seed. The Steelers are fighting for their playoff lives. Uh, and they've been playing better football with Mason Rudolph under center, right? The, Saint, the, the Steelers are actually three and a half point favorites, Nick, in this game for the record. So... That kind of tells you all you need to know, right? The Steel- There's no way the Steelers are three and a half point favorites in Baltimore with all things being equal. So it, it feels like the sports books, BetMGM, they're kind of telling us here that the Ravens aren't going to be playing their starters or at least not for the full game. And they're giving the Steelers the edge here. So scenario number one, Pittsburgh would have to beat Baltimore for the Bills to be facing elimination. That one feels pretty likely, doesn't it? I will say before we... Before we get into it, I think, what was it, the New York Times sim- similar? I don't understand how these things work, right? So as you were saying, you know, seems pretty likely. A couple of these things, things seem likely. Didn't seem likely the Bills would win four games in a row. The New York Times give them a 95% chance of making the playoffs, which is the number one thing that makes me completely – I know we're talking about Lamar and <laughs> is he going to play and he's not going to play. 
the New York Times giving the Bills a 95% chance to make the playoffs is what number one gives me nerves. Yeah, it like, should. That is the scenario that that, that would be screwed up right there. Mm-hmm. That's, all I'll, that's all I'll say. But yes, I agree to your point. <laughs> yeah, well, we're rooting as Bills fans. We're rooting for the Ravens to at least play yes. their starters a little bit. And, you know, it's an important game. It's a it's a you know, I know it's it's not important for the Ravens. They can't move any higher than the one seed and they've already clinched it. But it's a division rival. They could end Pittsburgh's season. Uh, and the is there a rust factor? Like, like yeah. you want to play them maybe a quarter? Sure. You know, yeah. yeah, that's two weeks off. That's a that's a fair point, right? Two weeks off. Fair point, Nick. And then also, I will say this. The Ravens are a really good football team. And it wouldn't be the first time that their backups beat Pittsburgh starters. You know, like that's that has actually happened in clinching scenarios in the past because Pittsburgh is one of these teams that is routinely around 500. Congratulations, Mike Tomlin, 17 straight seasons of at least being over 500, I think it is, or 500 or better. But that just means that Pittsburgh's usually in this spot. They're not a great team. They're a good team fighting for a playoff berth in the last week of the season. And this exact thing has happened before. The Ravens have rested their starters and still beat Pittsburgh. And the Steelers are trying out their third quarterback, Mason Rudolph. So stranger things have happened. So definitely... uh not a lock, but you know the Ravens going probably going to their backups early in that game against Pittsburgh. The Steelers three and a half point favorites, not looking great for Buffalo. I'd say the, the projection says Steelers will yeah. win. The other one is the Jags Titans game. The Titans five and eleven. The Jags now fighting for their playoff lives. They're nine and seven. Trevor Lawrence missed the last game. This game is in Tennessee, but the Jags are five and a half point favorites. Nick and for the Bills to be facing elimination. The Jags would have to beat Tennessee, another one that seems kind of likely because we're talking about Will Levis and the Titans here, not a very good football team. So it's uh, the scenario for the Bills to be facing elimination is Steelers beat Baltimore, Jaguars beat Tennessee, and then this is my favorite one. The Texans and Colts game just can't end in a tie. As long as someone wins that game, if those three things happen, Buffalo will be facing elimination. That's that's kind of wild, isn't it? And then, and the Bills could be eliminated, or if they win and beat Miami, they'll be the two seed, as you said earlier. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, just just. I mean, the Bills, of course, you know, but they're going to take. They're going to try to take the easiest route and just win. Bam, win. That's it. That's that's a good way <laughs> to it. go. Just win the game. We don't want to worry about that other crap. Just win the game. Right. Just win the game. Right. And there you go. We could uh, we could know something, you know, before this game kicks off. The Bills could clinch a playoff berth before the game kicks off, right? But we'll have to see. Yeah. But it's possible that they're that they're still fighting for it. And uh, so let's get to this game, shall we? Bills Dolphins. Bills three point favorites in Miami. Early forecast, Nick. High seventies. I think seventy five, seventy seven degrees, something like that. So not oppressive heat by any means. Uh, light rain. The Bills, like like we said, have have won four straight. Uh, and the Dolphins have been, I don't want to say they've been scuffling, but they just got blown out by the Ravens and they're kind of banged up. So I don't know, maybe this is a decent spot for the bills, a team they've owned a team. Josh Allen has owned in his career. He's, I think he's won. What is he? He's won 10 of 11 games or something. Um, uh, against Buffalo one game. Yep. Yep. So it feels like a good spot for the bills, but what's your gut telling you? Yeah, no, I think it's going to be the Bills um, for a couple of things you laid out. I think, uh, you know, division, they'll be up for for that. They'll want to take that. Um, I think that, 
you know, these these injuries, these are pretty key injuries that the Dolphins have had in recent weeks, uh, recent week, really just, you know, Bradley Chubb last week, uh, a couple others. Uh, and I think also uh, what the Bills have gone through in recent years, I think that they will have a big emphasis on trying to be the number two seed because, I mean, where they consistently run into trouble in the playoffs is on the road. So they'll want as much of it as they can to be in Orchard Park and have that home field advantage. Um, and, you know, within a week or two, they could be the, you know, top seed if somebody knocks off the Ravens. You never know what can happen. So I think that's going to be a big emphasis this week is locking up that home field advantage as much as they can um, before, um, you know, heading into the uh, heading into the hopeful, hopeful upcoming playoffs for the Bills. You know, nothing's guaranteed. But, uh, you know, I think that that's going to be a big motivating factor is knowing that they how important because if you look at you know just Sean McDermott's record on in the playoffs I, I mean they don't lose at home uh they lose they lose in Kansas City usually right <laughs> but uh, Cincinnati yeah now they have now they have that in their side so you know we'll see we'll see but I think that that I think those three motivating factors are going to be enough to get, get the bills by here yeah that's that's a great point I mean it is wild that they can move up to number two that's crazy that's just crazy yeah. and they, they have a chance to play two home games before a potential AFC championship game in Baltimore, right? If Baltimore wins. So that's a huge advantage. You kind of dodge Baltimore, which is elephant in the room. They look like the best team in football right now. <laughs> Lamar Jackson is, uh, is amazing. And it's, you know, I was watching that game a little bit against Miami last week, Nick. And it's just like, man, the Ravens were really dinking around with Lamar Jackson in the off season about his contract. Huh? They were really dink. Lamar, at least at one point said, I want to go elsewhere. Right. And, uh, they worked it out, and now he's the MVP, and they're the favorite heading into the playoffs. It's just, it's amazing that they were really dinking him around the way they were. But uh, good for them; they're they're playing good football. Hopefully, hopefully the Bills can dodge them because they are a monster. Blowing out the 49ers and the Dolphins in back-to-back weeks was pretty impressive. Uh, but yeah, to your point earlier, you talked about how the Dolphins are banged up. Like Bradley Chubb out, Raheem Mostert. I know he's kind of an old man, Nick, but and they have plenty of running backs, but he did miss that Ravens game. I think he leads the league in touchdowns or something. Raheem Mostert's had a big year. Jalen Waddell seems very questionable. I think he was in like a walking boot or something after the game last week. Xavier Howard, their really good corner, is likely going to miss this game. I think he's listed as doubtful already. So the Dolphins have some key injuries, and then you got to factor in uh, the the point that Josh Allen owns this team. He's Got 36 career touchdowns against Miami. Uh, and I just think he needs a get-right game after that debacle against New England, Nick. I, I That was one of the worst games I've seen Josh Allen play. I highly doubt he plays that poorly again. This might be the kiss of death, so I apologize in advance to Bills Mafia and, and anybody listening right now. But I think the Bills cover the number. I think the Bills can win this game by four-plus. You know, something like, you know, a score like, what, you know, one of those four-point scores, like 27 to here, here's the sure. math on the show. You know what I mean? 28, 24, something like that. You know, like that kind of game. I see the Bills winning a close, but a close game where they cover. And I think it's by more than three. So that's my prediction. What's yours? Yeah. Um, you know, I think I'm going to tell you on that one. Um, I think the Bills, you know, they, there's just that, again, I, I mean, I, I kind of let you roll with it for a bit through the podcast, but I'm um, like, just, you know, 
the Bills and Josh Allen playing the Dolphins, there is just like something extra that's always there. Uh, it doesn't yep. matter where it is. Um, here or here, Buffalo or South Beach, not my apartment. Um, <laughs> Orchard Park or South Beach. Um, and uh, yeah, and I think that that's going to carry them through with this. Um, and it's really hard to pick the Dolphins. Um, you know, uh, it's it, it, just their lack of winning against, you know, stronger opponents. Uh, while, while, you know, there's the whole what have you done for me lately thing, there's still also a much longer resume to go off of as well. So that's what I'm going to go off of. And then I'm going to go with the bills on this one. Um, and uh, yeah, number two seed, that'll be something. <laughs> that would be wild, man. Yeah. It, the Dolphins. I mean, I, I think that trend, that betting trend with the Dolphin, I mean, the bills and their, and their success against the Dolphins with Josh Allen is that's a hard trend to ignore because it's been so profitable. I mean, the bills beat the Dolphins by 28 this year. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, the Dolphins have lost a lot of good, to a lot of good teams, right? They lost to the Eagles by two touchdowns. They lost to the Chiefs by a touchdown. We all know that the Chiefs are not that good. Lost that brutal game at home recently to Will Levis and the Titans, right? And mm-hmm. let's be honest, really didn't look like they were on the same tier as Baltimore in that game. They that was really uh, they didn't put up a fight, which was surprising. You know, I thought I actually bet on the Dolphins in that game as underdogs. I thought they were gonna bring a little juice, but I think I learned my lesson there, Nick. They're just they're a tier down. I think they're in Buffalo's tier, but they're not on the Ravens tier. And I think this is a team that they're banged up and the bills know how to play them. And I would expect the bills to go in there and, uh, and take care of business. So again, the kiss of death right there. Sorry, bills mafia. Sorry, sorry uh, in advance. Cause I've been terrible picking the bills this year on the show, but I like them in this game. I think we're going to be the two seed and we're going to have uh, some fun playoff matchups to cover uh, coming up next, Nick next week and beyond. So, Looking forward to it, man. I'm ready to get on to uh, 2024 with you, man. It's been great. Just closing, about to close up our fourth regular season on the pod. Can you believe that? No, no. I thought this was our fourth episode. <laughs> I, know, I know, seriously. Four seasons That's, in the books after this weekend. How yeah, about that? Yeah, hey, we made it. We, we made, made it. it. <laughs> well, and hopefully we'll be saying that about the Bills next week. Absolutely. And to those that have been with us the whole way, thank you. We appreciate you and and to those new, new to the show, hopefully you stick with us. There's plenty more to come this season and into the offseason as well. So for Nick Woten, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks as always. We'll catch you next week. 